0: Well, good morning. You guys can cheer. It's. <laughs> We're going to go ahead and dismiss our pirate ship kids out of the back of the room. So if you are in pirate ship, go ahead and head back in that direction. You're going to have a really great time together this morning. Um, so you might notice that things are a little different this week. Right? Right? Usually we don't have this many people on stage um, speaking, but we've got some really uh, exciting stuff talking about and really celebrating what God has done over the course of this past semester and this year in our missional communities. And so most of you guys know really well what missional communities are. Um, some of you have heard a lot about missional communities, but you're not exactly sure what is going on. And so I'm going to take a couple of minutes and hopefully... Give us kind of a baseline idea of what a missional community is if you don't understand it. And then we're going to give all of these guys an opportunity to kind of speak into um, what God has been doing in the lives of the missional community that they are involved in. Um, And it's going to be a really exciting time. So uh, missional community, one of the most easily defined things that we can possibly define because it defines itself. Missional communities are made up of mission and community, you guys get an A plus, that's all. Except you could be a little more enthusiastic, but that's okay. Uh, mission and community. Ultimately, these are groups who are out on mission, uh, and they are community. They're out in the community, and they are working hard to ensure that people are able to hear and understand the good news of Jesus Christ. So I've got a quick definition. There it is. A uh, missional community, a group of people organized to give every man, woman, and child within their circle of influence, multiple opportunities to see and hear the gospel. And this is what we're trying to do. As we're trying to be the church in this community of Cane Bay, um, we want to provide people with opportunities to hear, see, and respond to the gospel. And we realize that while meeting in here on Sunday mornings is good, uh, it's not going to help us accomplish the task that's out there that needs to be done in the community. Uh, you see in that definition, this, this idea of a circle of influence. Sometimes we call it a circle of responsibility. I've got a picture. It's a map. Uh, really, A that is on the map in the very center is where you guys are sitting this morning. Um, this is Cane Bay Elementary School. And if you look and see the circle that is around that, um, that circle is what we have identified as the church is our circle of responsibility or our circle of influence. Meaning, that we as a church want everybody who lives inside of that circle to have multiple opportunities to see and to hear the gospel. And so how do we do that? It doesn't happen just sitting in here on a Sunday morning. It happens because we are willing to get out in the community, and missional communities is exactly how we do that. By having groups who are out in the community, meeting different nights of the week in different locations, out serving the community, serving all different kinds of missions, whether it be a school, whether it be a home for foster boys, an apartment complex, whatever it is, we want all of those people to have an opportunity to hear the gospel. So I'm going to give you a little bit of a history of missional communities for our church. Um, First off, you can see, when we launched the church at Cane Bay, we had no missional communities. And it was awful. If you were here... Then I I just want to publicly apologize from the stage to you um, because really we were not being, we were not living out the church in this community. And we thought it would be good to give ourselves some time to get get on our feet. But ultimately our church was missing, uh, missing good community and we were missing the mission. We weren't out serving in our community. And so things were hard. First semester that we started them, uh, we had four adult groups, four adult missional community groups and one student group. And uh, it was an incredible semester as we really got plugged into some places serving. Um, God did some really great stuff. This past semester that we're celebrating today, we had seven adult groups, one student group, and one kids group. And uh, you're going to get to hear all about that in just a few minutes, and it's exciting. Uh, What's even more exciting is that next semester, we are going to be launching two more adult groups. And so we are trying to expand And we're trying to move along so that we can make sure that everyone who lives inside of that circle has those opportunities to see and hear the gospel. Jesus said in Matthew 28, 19 and 20, his great commission, the last thing that he said to his followers, he said, go therefore make disciples of all nations. We have got to be out making disciples of the nations that Christ has called us to, realizing that The very first nation that we're called to is our community. It's our own backyard. And so missional communities are exactly the way that we do that. So I'm going to quit talking for the most part and give these incredible people some opportunity to uh, really speak into what uh, God has been doing in their group and what has been happening in the context of uh, their missional community. And so I'm actually going to start with David, who is down on the end. You guys know David down there. Um, David, in the middle of this semester of missional communities, um, kind of stepped out of an MC that he was in and started a new missional community kind of mid-semester. And so uh, because he is the freshest as far as like starting uh, a new missional community, uh, figuring out what they wanted to do for their mission, I thought maybe it would be a good opportunity for him to talk a little bit about how a missional community goes about like finding a mission and getting plugged in and serving.
1: Yeah. Uh, I appreciate you calling me fresh, by the way. That was, that was kind of you. Uh, we, we did. We have the u- unique position of uh, starting mid-semester with our missional community. We actually multiplied from this guy from uh, the Turner missional community. Um, and we're in a position where we sat down with a group of people and we did not have a mission. Uh, most missional communities start with a mission and they gather people around that. We actually kind of went backwards and started with a group of people uh, meeting in our home and then went to find a mission. So uh, we brought a whiteboard and we got the Bible and we had dinner and we started to look at, okay, where, what, how are we going to allow the scriptures to inform what our mission is? And, and so we started reading through and we started looking at, you know, some scriptures that we kind of felt like really spoke to our hearts. And then maybe uh, what it was, where were some areas? And one of the scriptures that came up was James 127. If you guys know James 127, it is uh, religion that God finds pure is this to care for uh, orphans and widows uh, and visit them in their affliction. And we knew that we had a group that was uh, serving at Eagle Harbor Ranch, which is a, a boys' home, and there's another home there. And we kind of thought, well, maybe we should, uh, maybe just serve there. And then somebody in our MC—I don't remember who it was—but somebody in our MC just kind of said, "You know, there's another group of people that this passage speaks about, and and it's widows." And I thought, well, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't really know how we find that. Do we just go at like knock on people's doors? Are you a widow? Are you no? <laughs> okay. Uh, So we had a guy in our MC who said, well, my grandma actually lives over in this kind of assisted living facility. And it's not a um, retirement home. It's not a nursing home. It's kind of in between. Um, Most of it is is full of of older ladies whose husbands have died. uh, And they're living there uh, off of their retirement Social Security check. And some of them have family nearby, but a lot of them don't have any family anywhere. And they're just kind of spending their twilight years alone at this apartment complex. And, and so we felt like as, a, as a, a missional community that that would be a great opportunity for us to, to go and to serve and to fulfill the commands of the Scripture that we just read in James. So we allowed the Scripture to inform our mission. And the second interesting thing that it brought about was this isn't a group of people who is going to necessarily come to our church. Uh, you know, this wasn't like a group of people that we were going to go and go, yeah, we can go serve there and then maybe they'll all get saved and maybe we'll have them all come to our church. No, they they live about, it's about 15 miles on the other side of Somerville, and it's mostly 70, 80-year-old ladies. They're not going to drive the 15 miles to get over here. And to be honest with you, we probably don't want them to. You ever been behind a 70, 80-year-old on the road? (laughs) I mean, that's a little scary. So uh, we we want, so what we're doing is we're going, you know, we're going to go in. We're not going in with any agenda other than to love you with the gospel. All that we want to do is we want to come in and we want to serve you. And and we actually had our, our, our first event there last week and it was a big uh, cookout that we did for him and one of the ladies said this is the largest turnout for any event that we've ever had here Um, so for us we just want to go in and love these ladies with the gospel even if they never darken the door of our church but if one Sunday morning you show up and there's a whole bunch of Lincoln Town cars in the parking lot you know we've done our (laughs) job pretty well Um, so but that's how we uh, that's how we allow the scripture to inform kind of our mission and and then even just used our mission really to say you know what we're not here so that you'll come to our church we're here because Jesus loves you and we want to love you too
0: Good. Thanks, David. Um, It's it's always interesting when you're starting off in that sense, because you go in, you find this mission that you feel like God has kind of pushed your group towards, and you guys have prayed over it. And then you kind of like land in. And what always happens is when you're starting a new group, you have like these ideas in your head of like, this is what we can do. I know this is like going to be the best thing. We do this. They're going to love it. Um, But sometimes you find yourself in that mission, and you discover that maybe your ideas weren't like the best ideas after all. And so we've got Johnny here, and uh, Johnny Sides is in the, the Swain missional community, and uh, he, yeah, that's right. <laughs> get some excitement. So he, he's going to tell us a little bit for them what it looked like um, to kind of land on the ground. They, they started this semester as well, and get in the situation, and, and how you can best kind of adapt what you do to the needs of the group that you're serving.
2: So. Um, first of all, I hate these things, so can you guys hear me without it? No, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, fine, I'll use it anyway. Um, we started, like they said, uh, with Eagle Harbor. And I, I think a lot of us, myself especially, had a uh, preconceived notion of what Eagle Harbor was. You know, I expected to go there and find these poor little boys that, you know, didn't have a home, that were just, I mean, you know, just completely, I mean, just battered, abused, you know, you name it. And, and granted, some of them were, Um But man, I go out there. There's a lake. There's horses. There's these big houses. kids are happy. I'm like, (laughs) Um, yeah. Yeah. Enough said. Um, But um, what I did find though is they were lacking one thing, and that was individual attention. Um, And one of the big things that we had planned since pretty much we started, we were going to set on taking them on a camping trip. We were going to take these boys camping. Yeah. We didn't really look at their schedule and see what they had planned. And out of the eight boys, five of them played baseball on the weekends. <laughs> so needless to say, the camping trip didn't happen. Um, <laughs> but uh, we did do our, our big event yesterday and took them to a River Dogs game. Um, but, you know, you have to keep in mind what what, what meets their needs best. And, and like Joel was saying, we went in and we had our own idea of what we wanted to do. And, you know, and that's well and good. I mean, you know, you got to plan and start somewhere, but be f- we have a saying in the Army, Semper Gumby, you know, always flexible. So just be flexible with what the missional communities want and what they need. And sometimes what they need isn't exactly what we had intended to bring in the first place. But it turns out well.
3: So kind of on that note, um, my miss community, the doubt that miss community, we do the uh, high school, and we've done that all three semesters. And the first semester before Josh and I were here, they focused on like the transitional students, so the students that didn't have a home or were a little financially um, not well off. And while that was helping a lot of people, they kind of determined that they could hit more of the students actually if they helped the teachers. So we started focusing on the teachers, started working with them, and trying to encourage them because we figure sort of like I think the people that went down to Haiti and they could speak to this better certainly. You know, instead of focusing on trying to help each individual person, they were trying to help the missionaries themselves because they can do a better job than helping all the people in Haiti. So kind of the same idea at the high school. We focused on this, the teachers, and we kind of made that switch, you know, at the beginning of the fall semester, figuring we could actually spread the gospel to more people, help more people by helping the teachers, and then they could go help the students. And then kind of the last thing in that is just that we also – we sent a survey this last, at the end of this last semester – so we could kind of get some input because, you know, we have certainly the ideas of what we think the best way we can help the teachers are. But, you know, we determined that while a lot of the stuff we're doing is good, they have some other ideas that we didn't even think of. So that was just a way to get kind of brainstorm and get some other ideas out there.
0: That's great. Um, when you find yourselves uh, in this mission sometimes, and, and you heard a little bit about this with what Chris was just saying, sometimes you – get involved in something and you realize that maybe you're shooting for something that's a little bit too big of a scale or uh, you need to shift a little bit in your mission to make things be a little more feasible um, with what you're doing. One of our groups, uh, the Maxon Missional Community, um, kind of made a a shift and a change in their mission from last semester to this semester realizing that maybe they can kind of gear their mission uh, a little more focused and be able to make a bigger impact with uh, a Kind of a smaller group of people, so I'm going to let Ben speak a little bit into that.
4: Yeah, so for the uh, first semester, we we focused on new families in the community, and that became so expansive because just how fast this community is growing, we couldn't really keep up. Um, and then we decided, uh, based on some some new group, some new families that entering into that missional community, that uh, we we should change scopes a little bit. And a lot of those folks had ties to military. And so we focused on military families, and um, I, I'll tell you, it was, uh, it, it was, a, it was a, a blessing because we could really focus in on individual families, uh, and, and a lot of those individual families were within our missional community, and then we, and then we found one family in particular outside of our missional community um, that uh, one of our uh, missional community members was serving with at the time. And uh, we spent a lot of time, uh, one, getting to know them, uh, and, and two, um, trying to just love on them. This family, um, uh, he, he serves, uh, his name is Raymond. Uh, he serves in the, at the Air Force Base, uh, and his wife has, uh, has cancer that um, it, it is pretty inoperable at the time. And uh, so we've been loving on that family, giving them meals uh, we had spirit night the other night at, uh, at Chick-fil-A in Somerville. So I appreciate everybody who showed up for that. Um, and it, it was just, it's a really great, their story is incredible. Um, and, and, and not only that, just there are so many other folks within our community that have ties to the military. We helped out another family who, who was in our missional community, got, depo- got deployed to the state of Washington. Well, we took care of their kids. Um, and we had a birthday party for one of their sons the other day. Um, and We just we continue to find opportunities with our military families, so it's a great uh, it was a great transition and a change because um, you can really find very specific need in that point.
0: All right, I've asked our leaders if they feel like they want to jump in, and they're welcome to. So we'll see we'll see how that goes. Um, we really we want to see two, two major outcomes from our missional communities. The first and most important is that we want to see people's lives changed by the gospel. We talked about that earlier. Gospels the center the core of everything that we do, and we certainly want to see people's lives changed by the gospel. But the second outcome that we really want to see is we want to see our groups grow so big that we have to, what we call, multiply them. We have to start a new group. And because our church is growing, it's really vital that we are multiplying and that we're starting new groups as we go. And so um, one of the groups um, that we have here, the Delta Admissional Community, is gearing up to kind of multiply uh, at the end of the semester. And so we've got Chris down there, and I'm going to let him speak uh, a little bit about why multiplication is important and then kind of like why, uh, how they're kind of handling that as a group moving forward. Sure.
3: So in terms of why it's important, um, our group, our group's grown by about three or four families since the beginning of last semester. So we've gotten pretty big. And one of the things I love, I think most people love about Mitchell Community, is just getting to know people. You know, you meet people on Sunday, but really seeing the same people every week, a small group of people, you get to know, you know, what their struggles are, what they're doing well, and you kind of pray with them and grow with them. So as the groups become bigger, and luckily we have become bigger, you know, it becomes a little more challenging to do that on a personal level. So I think for that's one reason I think multiplication is so important. Um, second reason, you know, kind of going back to the the 10-mile sphere of influence we have here is just the more groups we have the more missions we can fulfill the more people we can hit and ultimately the more people can hear and hopefully respond to the gospel just giving people that opportunity um, in terms of how we've handled it i mean jocelyn and i were both we joined miss community the end of the beginning of fall so basically we've done two semesters um since we've been here at the church and we you know really love miss community really identify the at the end of the first semester we really wanted to potentially start our own and you know lead our own so We kind of worked with Jared and Danielle. You know, they kind of mentored us. We watched what they did. And we started to, this last semester, lead some of the meetings. Um, Jocelyn kind of took point on contacting, like, the principal and the secretary at the school. so She took a much more active role in actually, like, organizing a lot of the events we did. So we just, so, which I think what it helped is at this point, it's going to be a fairly, hopefully, seamless transition. We know what the missions, what events we've been doing. We've led some events. So we're in a pretty good position to, uh, to do that. So it's worked really well in our group to be able to split at this point.
1: Yeah. Uh, and, and Chris, just to capitalize on, on, on kind of what you said, um, the interesting thing about, you know, we, we actually just went through the same process of multiplying middle of semester. And when we joined up with, with Darren and Heather in the Turner MC last fall, um, we kind of had a conversation early on that was like, Hey, we, we want to multiply this thing out. I mean, that, that we, we, you know, we've got, we've got this idea that this isn't going to be a, um, long, you know, a long-term process. So, Um, we're going to be here until we grow to a certain amount. We see another need or another mission, and then we're we're going to to multiply. So I think it's important for for the leaders early on to to kind of step in with that mindset, uh, just to kind of say, hey, we're we're coming in here. We're going to be here. And if you guys grow to a point where we feel like there's another, you know, leader, there's another family here that can lead, then then we're going to step out. We're going to start over again. Uh, And and it's not becoming so attached to – what it is that you do and the, and the folks that you're with, you, want, you definitely want that community aspect. But we, we always want to be thinking uh, multiplication. Anytime we start a missional community, we should be looking at it and go, okay, how do we, how do we make this missional community two missional communities?
4: I think as uh, somebody who's been a part of uh, mi- uh, split twice um, in mission multiplication. Yeah, my, my bad. <laughs> But it's it, 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 it it's like every time you, you multiply, it's, it's like a new birth to to It's like adding a child, right? Because you get this more need and, and uh, you find more need in the community and you go out and you, and, and you take it on. And uh, I, I think the, the, the people then that come in to, to fill that need and to, and to get the ball rolling, uh, it gets them engaged and um, just loving the community. I, I think it's fantastic. And you meet so many new people that way. So uh, I I really love when we when we do get to multiply. That's
0: good. That's good.
4: Uh,
0: I want to kind of jump back to the first outcome that we talked about a second ago, seeing people's lives changed by the gospel, giving them opportunities to engage uh, with the gospel who are in the community of the people that you're serving. One of our groups, um, the Dasher group, is serving in the context of an apartment complex in North Charleston, uh, which is a unique situation. And uh, it's also kind of far from here. Um, So they don't have a lot of a lot of our church people involved because it's it's kind of a far trip down the road. But I think they've done an incredible job at engaging the community that that they're in um, with the gospel. And so I'm going to let Jordan speak a little bit into what that's kind of been like for them.
5: Yeah, um, we work with the Ivy's CARES team and uh, CARES is an organization that um, works in apartment complexes to build community. That's basically what they do. And uh, it's been really amazing to see um, them work. And over the past two semesters, I mean, the first couple of events they threw, you know, medium-sized crowds would show up. And um, by the end of this semester, I mean, we're seeing, you know, a couple hundred people showing up. And if you've lived in apartment complexes, you know that you have, you know, a couple hundred people living within a square mile. And most of the time, you don't even know your neighbors. And uh, being able to team up with them and help them as much as we as we can, has, has really, uh, changed the dynamic of our missional community, and, um, you know, we base we meet, uh, every week, and we try to have a barbecue of some kind, and it's, like, every other week, we probably see a new face, or somebody new from the community, and it's, it's interesting, you know, constantly being able to be like, hey, what's your name, because it's a new person, and, uh, CARES has really been able to do that, and then, on the larger scale events, being able to help out, you also get to see this tremendous opportunity to build relationships with people, and, It's just an awesome change to be able to say that, like, I know people in my apartment complex. Like, hey, I know that person. How are you doing? And uh, it opens up opportunities to share the gospel. And uh, even if they're not, you know, necessarily constantly involved in our MC and coming to the Bible study portion, you know, they're coming to the barbecues. They're coming to the CARES events and, uh, you know, those events. And that that opens opportunities for us to share the gospel. So it's been really awesome. Yeah,
0: I think that's such a great idea. And a lot of times in our missional communities, we get really, um, we get really content. Like uh, most of us are in houses, and so we meet and have dinner together. And we enjoy that time. But they really kind of stepped out to say, you know, rather than having dinner in our apartment, why don't we go have dinner and cook out and invite everybody to come and join us every week? And I just think it's a great opportunity to interface with the community. So that's really exciting. Anybody else?
1: Um. So I read this crazy stat a while back that said, like, 90, it's like, 90% of people who live in apartment complexes do not attend church on Sunday morning. 95. percent Yeah, 90-something, 90 95. Cindy's got that down. And something like 51% of people don't know, that live in an apartment complex, don't know anybody else that lives in an apartment complex. You got... it 65 percent of people so that's just bad statistics on my part people i apologize that's that's all me i was just being conservative you You guys find that you find that like accurately reflected like a lot of people don't know anybody else so how have you so you guys like uh, you know part of what you're doing is just working not only to connect people to you guys but connect people to each other
5: yeah and like if you don't know anything about cares like the, the way that it's it's set up is like, perfect for MC type of a situation. And so I would encourage, like, anybody that's interested in knowing more about CARES to, like, go talk to them because it, it just works. Like, we go to the same church, and we're able to, anytime they need help or anytime they need, you know, something, like, if we can give that, if our CARES team can provide it, like, we serve them and are able to support it. And it works because they're building the community. That's what they do, and that's what our mission is supposed to be. So,
0: yeah, that's good. Uh, another one of our um, – Another one of kind of our areas of our church, we have Sunday morning worship, we have our missional communities, and we also have these smaller groups called huddles that you guys have heard a lot about, Um, groups of two or three people who get together for some intentional discipleship time around scripture, um, just really focused in and studying. Uh, We're really trying to connect our huddles um, to our missional communities a little bit, and so it's neat to see, uh, I sent out a survey to our leaders and said, hey, um, how many of you guys have um, pretty much everyone in your huddle, in your missional community plugged into a huddle. And uh, I heard back from the Turner missional community that all the people who are in their MC are plugged into a huddle. And so I wanted um, to give Darren an opportunity to kind of speak into uh, the importance of that and what it looks like for their MC.
6: Yeah, so our uh, MC's mission is to get into the elementary school here. And the scope of that's pretty large. So, you know, we're looking at 70 plus people uh, that we're really trying to cater to at any given time. Um, so when we're sitting down and meeting in our groups, we spend a lot of our, our effort and time and focus in how do we reach out to the to the elementary school. And we don't necessarily spend as much as we need to in the scripture and, and kind of looking back towards why are we doing this. So that's really where our huddles come in is that, uh, like Joel said, we get two to three people together and, and you get these accountability partners. You can dig deep into the scripture. really develops that foundation for creating a serving heart, which is, why we do what we do. Um and, and, and they're really contagious. So we two really cool stories uh that I've heard over the past year in the huddles. The the first one was and I don't even remember, I think it was maybe Jared's uh, huddle. They they were meeting at the hot spot and, and they had uh two or three other guys with them. And there was a <laughs> there was a trucker that came in there every 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 uh Monday I think is when they were meeting or Tuesday. And uh, over time you know, they would see him and see him and see him, and, and eventually the guy just came over and asked him what they were doing, and and they're like, "We're just, we're just reading the Bible, doing a little Bible study," and, and he asked if he could join in. So uh, they gained a guy. He, he's not definitely not from around here, and uh, not a member of the church, but uh, definitely a partner in Christ now. And and another cool story from one of our uh, one of our groups in our uh, MC last week. Uh, so they decided to do rather than picking up people within. The church, uh, they, started, they decided to do one within their family. So, uh, you know, mother, father, and, and, and uh, the siblings. And what was really cool about this is um, the, the father was—he uh, was on the phone and he heard his son in the room talking the other day. And they had just started this, just getting into it. And um, he, he overheard him say "soap." And if you're not familiar with it, soap is just the method that we walk through the scripture and kind of how we analyze it and, 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 and pull things out of it, uh, just dissect it and. He said, hold on, hold on a minute. And he sets the, son, the, the phone aside and he listens in and, and it's his son. And he's, he's actually on his Xbox 360 playing call of duty is talking to, uh, one of the guys he's playing with there and teaching them how to do soap. And, uh, the guy's like, I don't have a Bible. He's like, you don't need one. You just go online and get in there. So, um, the, the huddles are really important and, and they really, like I so said, they, they establish that foundation of scripture and, uh, the, the servant heart is just, it's, it's so powerful and what we find is the the, the byproduct of doing uh, huddles together, like so with the accountability and, and really what it establishes it just it forces you. It, it it makes you want and desire to do what the missional communities are designed to do, which is to serve others.
7: That's good. I'm going to use this opportunity to kind of do a sales pitch for youth. Um, <laughs> we uh, we have a, a good opportunity, and it's it's a tremendous opportunity for our students, our youth. Um, Alex has the high school guys. Hillary does a great job with our freshman and sophomore ladies. Um, TJ, who's joined up with our youth, he's going to be one of our leaders. He's going to be working with the middle school guys. Um, It gives them an opportunity not only to get closer to the Lord on a more personal level, but it also gives them an opportunity to get closer to these youth leaders. And it gives them an avenue or an outlet to be Mm -hmm. able to talk about anything and everything that could be weighing on their mind. I mean, we know what today's social media society looks like. I you can't turn on the TV without hearing something bad or seeing something bad. So it gives our, our kids an opportunity or an outlet to kind of vent and, and, and talk to them about it. The sales pitch is we are, Hillary's got an opportunity to go work a summer camp, so we're going to be losing her for the summer. We're looking for two ladies, I think, to help lead our freshman and sophomore ladies and our junior and senior ladies. So catch one of these youth leaders, catch me or my wife, Katie. We'd be glad to talk to you if you want to help.
0: It's good. It's good. Uh, One of the funny responses that I got back from the questionnaire that I sent to our leaders, I said, what is the craziest thing that your MC has done this semester? And most of our groups emailed back and said, well, we didn't really do anything crazy. And like I started thinking about my group, who is made up of a lot of college students and uh, and some some older young adults, not older young adults. You know what I mean? People who are out of college, whatever. And so, uh, <laughs> I'm in serious trouble right now. Um, yeah, stop now. stop
4: now. So,
0: like, I'm thinking about our group, and I'm like, you know, we go and chaperone at middle school dances, and they're, like, out there with the kids getting down. So, like, we have lots of crazy stories. But I thought I'd let Hillary, one of, one of ours, speak a little bit into kind of what community looks like and how important it is for us just to get together and have a good time building relationships.
8: Um. So, like you said, we did a couple middle school dances, not just one. Um, and we we usually did two different things. There would be, um, like, they needed help with the concession stand, so they would sell snacks, and they needed help chaperoning. And um, Joel always took the opportunity to uh, go sell concessions, while um, some of the girls in our um, missional community would chaperone. Um, we usually would just dance with the students. We already knew a lot of the middle school students, so... Um, we weren't like the weird old people that came and were, like, <laughs> crashing the dance or anything. Um, so they already knew us, so it was really comfortable. We um, had a lot of opportunities to talk with different kids. I mean, even kids we didn't know because um, we are, we're already connected. So we, we danced a lot at the middle school dances. Um, another thing we did was play laser tag. Um, one day, it was a day where we had just a full – full whole day of um, serving. We we did a breakfast, and then we went and had lunch ourselves, Um, and then we played laser tag um, for a little while, and then we went back and did another dance, and then we served at Love Gave. We just spent the entire day serving, and it was was just amazing, all the things that we got to do, and people that couldn't come in the morning came in the evening, and vice versa. Um, There were just so many opportunities in just one day to um, get involved, and um, I think having those little pieces of community throughout your mission... Um, really helped us to get to know each other and um, just invest in one another um, in ways that we couldn't just sitting at missional community or sitting in our huddles. That's
7: good.
0: That's good.
4: I think I was just going to add on just the community aspect of not just having fun together, but the, the your missional community really becomes a, an extension of your family. I can't tell you, uh, a, there's been a, a couple of times where folks in our missional community has watched other folks' kids and, and uh, vice versa, and you know, my, my, I was in Haiti. My son got sick. Uh, my wife had to take my son to the hospital, and some members of our missional community took care took care of our daughter for the entire evening. You know, and it's just that extension of our families that happens in those uh, MCs, which are just uh, amazing.
0: That's really good. That's really good. Um, so, along with these adult groups, we also have two groups: one uh, who are made up of kids, third through fifth grade, and one a uh, student group. And so. Um, I think the third through fifth grade group, it's really cool to see how they are becoming involved in the missions that kind of their parents are plugged into. And so Hannah is one of our volunteers with Rooted. And so I was going to let her speak a little bit about what that looks like for the kids missional community to plug in and be involved with what their parents are doing.
9: So, like Joel said, we don't have our own specific mission for the kids. Um, we work a lot with the Turner uh, missional community because a lot of their parents are in that one. And um, they serve the elementary school here. So, um, that we have written letters to the teachers. Um, we decorated bookmarks one, at one evening. Um, and they've also, the students have come with their parents on Valentine's Day to um, do the breakfast that they had here. Um, and they delivered the... Um, the turners did a survey and asked the teachers favorite candies and stuff like that. And so the students delivered that, um, for, um, for them. Um, and it's been really encouraging to see our kids coming and doing this thing. I think they've really are starting to learn what it is to be the church and what it is to serve. And I think it's important for that age to have something like this because, um, otherwise they're just coming here and they're, um, just working, not working with their parents, but they're coming back and processing it with us and um, doing, doing it that way. That's
0: great. That's really good. Um, Stacy, God bless you. Um, Stacy and Katie have been hosting uh, our student missional community uh, for a while now and just doing a great job providing uh, really a family for these kids and a place for them to come and, and uh, opening up their home, cooking dinner working really hard, just loving on our students. We're so thankful for that. And so I wanted to kind of ask him, um, what is this missional community, all this stuff that we're talking about, how does that kind of work in a student ministry? How do you, how do you bring those two things together? And how do we how do we have students involved in, in serving and, and plugged in and trying to uh, have a mission of their own?
7: Well, first, I promised my daughter I wouldn't dance, so I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> um, we We're unique in the fact that you'll hear them talk about semesters and stuff. We don't ever stop. We always stay with our youth group. We continue to meet every weekend or most weekends and stuff. So we don't ever really stop and take a break. Um, mainly due to what I spoke about earlier, is the way society is today, we want to continue to stay after them, stay after their hearts, and make sure their their hearts are diving into the Lord's word. So that's one way where we're unique. We, we do games and dinners. Um, like Joel mentioned, we have some weird games, some funny games. You saw some pictures with, symbols, it's it gets a little crazy. Um and I think the biggest the biggest impact we seen we when we first started out we were really really large. I think we had what sixteen to eighteen on average and now we're down to about six or eight and it kind of got discouraging but you saw the baptism video and I think when we downsized instead of going a mile wide an inch deep we were able to go a mile deep and just an inch wide and proof of that was we had three of our members get baptized this last time. So that good. was that was good. awesome.
0: That's good. That's good. Uh, it's been so exciting to see that. And you, you guys saw that in the video. And just knowing that uh, even in the context of a student ministry, these students have their own mission. They, their mission is to try and find other students and get them plugged in and involved in what God is doing. And so... Uh, I am just, I know you guys are excited about missional communities. I can be more excited about missional communities. And so I just want us to give a big, excited, hand clapping, shouting, and all that kind of stuff. Celebration of what God has been doing.